Greetings, welcome to Pop's Collection, where we dissect, reflect on a movie or TV show from my Pop's Collection. I'm Ron Tweedy, joining me as Pop's, and today we're going to be talking about Big Hero 6. Uh, yes, uh, hello everybody. Happy to, that you're with us today, listening, and Ron, so nice to uh, be able to see you in our yeah. little Zoom thing. It's pretty cool. Yep. And uh, real happy too. You look, uh, you look good. For being able to cut the grass and everything. It's a good thing, right? Yes. Well, good. Uh, Big Hero 6. So, uh, were you able to get the picture of the comic? I mean, I was able to find, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously as a, you know, person who has a subscription to Marvel Limited, there was quite a bit I had access to. They don't actually have the original version on Marvel Limited for whatever reason, but uh, they do have uh, I was able to find it on another website. So, anyway, um, right. yeah, the uh, first one was uh, in uh, 1998, right? Uh, in September, uh, it actually was a combo comic. Okay. Uh, Sunfire and Big Hero Six, right, number right. one. Yeah. Yeah, it came out. Uh, yeah, that's the one. And uh, if you see you see the uh, green character, mm-hmm. that's Baymax. Mm-hmm. A Far Cry. Uh, do you have the Baymax from the movie or no? Well, I, I figured it'd be uh, interesting for us to take a look at, you know. Um, but you could see Baymax is not always in that beast form. He's kind of a robot and he transforms. So you can see that's Baymax there in the corner with Hero. So it's not... Baymax is not always that, so no, uh, you God, have that. They call him actually a synth former S Y N T H. Yeah. Uh, so they call him a synth former, and yeah. uh, he, he's supposed to be his bodyguard, right. butler. Yep. And also uh, this uh, battle dragon, they called it. Right, so basically he's kind of like Vision. Vision's a synthesoid, so synthformer is a little bit different. But, you know, the uh, interesting thing here, this is him transforming here, is that, um, you know, obviously I guess the the impetus behind it is that, you know, we have uh, Sunfire who was a mutant from uh, the X-Men. And and so having that and, you know, saying, well, you know, obviously we should figure out you know more more Japanese superheroes. So Big Hero Six was a, a Japanese team of uh, folks, and back in uh, about ten years later, in two thousand eight, Chris Claremont and um, I forget the other guy's name. Let's see, uh, David Nakayama did a new version, and you can see here this is the lineup that we're almost pretty much familiar with. You got your Baymax hero, Honey Lemon, Gogo Tamago, Wasabi No Ginger, and of course uh, Fred over there. So yes. Yes, and that looks a lot closer to the. Uh, we're gonna. This is the the movie that we're gonna be discussing is the Disney version. Right. Uh, it is not even though the comic was uh, put out by Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't a Marvel production from Marvel Studios. It was from Disney Studios. Oh, the the, the yeah the film the, yes yes the film so. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was kind of neat that uh, it was actually created uh, 
not by any one person, by what they called man of action. Okay. Which was a conglomerate of a lot of different uh, writers and artists mm-hmm. uh, originally. And that's, they, that's how they give it the credit on the movie mm-hmm. that uh, based on characters created by man of action, not by any particular name. Okay. Uh, which I thought was kind of interesting uh, because there they had to have had some, uh, you know, individual create those different creations. Um, I thought it was kind of neat that Disney went with the second uh, gen version of it. Uh, and I think that that kind of made it more appealing to the younger audience, maybe to give it that PG rating. Well, I mean, there's they they take actually they they've taken a lot of I think liberties with the the source material. I mean, the first thing is that the setting is different. We don't have a uh, it's not set in Japan at all, but it's in set in this uh, city called San Francisco, which is obviously a, a combination of you know West Coast United States and uh, Japanese stuff, which makes sense. I mean, obviously, there's a large Japanese-American population in San Francisco, so that makes perfect sense. But at the same time, you don't get the same, you know, full Japanese flavor you do with the comic as you do with the with the film. Right. Well, um, you know, that's kind of common with animes. Sure. There are a lot of different animes that use that uh, same type of thing. I believe Ghosts in the Shell does a similar type thing where the cities are like, yeah. you know, a conglomeration of American and Japanese names. Um, but what I thought was really interesting about Disney's approach to this mm-hmm. was that, uh, you know, in the original story, uh, Hero still had his mother. They didn't mention anything about a brother originally. Right. right. Um that his father was the one who passed and also that uh, Baymax, his uh, father's, uh, what they call it, engram, his uh, brain's engram was etched onto Baymax so that he kind of had a still a father-son relationship. Whereas when we got to the Disney version, Mother and father were gone when he was three years old. So he's lived uh, his life. uh, He graduated from high school at 13. So basically, uh, he's now a 14-year-old high school graduate. And he's had the last 10 years, his brother has been the father figure. So now we have uh, Baymax with uh, Tadashi's, his brother, imprinted. Uh, on Baymax, yeah, which we find out later in the film. But I thought it was interesting how they chose to use that approach instead of uh, trying to uh, do the father thing. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool with it. Um, I also felt it was, this is kind of a origin slash revenge movie, would you say? Yeah, it is. Yes. Um, and I think that we've got to uh, say talk about the uh, his microbots. Uh-huh. <laughs> that when he was uh, fighting those robots, 
I remember when that was a big thing and that they used to actually have TV shows. BattleBots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really cool. And then he's got this little Yoki bot that, and we figure out he's so smart that he's able to scam the big guy by, oh yeah, you know, little nice yeah. yellow happy face and then mean red face. Right, right. And, uh, but it does get him in trouble. Yeah. And uh, we learn that, uh, you know, his brothers want to help him out, but his brother wants him to do something with his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And uh, as a brother, I guess you could feel that way about your younger brothers too. I mean, it's just, I guess it's a natural thing for the older brother to feel uh, somewhat, I don't know if you would, could say, um, responsible, not responsible is not the word, but you know, that you want to see them succeed and mm -hmm. you try your best to be a good example for them. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure on the older uh, child, whether it's yeah. a older sister or older brother. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of pressure because as you grow up, you become a father and you have to be that father image to your children. You also have that extra added pressure, which I'm going to say is self uh, inflicted or whatever that you try to set that same example for your brothers or sisters, as the case may be. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a lot of pressure for an older child. You know, um, yeah. but anyways, but I'm going down there, a different rabbit hole. Uh, what did you think about the way the movie started? Did it remind you of any other movies or? Um, not in particular. I mean, you have, like you said, the. Actually, I kind of take it back. It, it seems more like uh, the opening of the remake of Star Trek, where you have, you know, Kirk is uh, like a nameless kid or whatever, and they're like, yeah, you wouldn't like the Starfleet thing. It's too challenging or whatever. And then I just make them want to, you know, go to Starfleet even more. So it's the same thing with uh, Hero and, um, you know, uh, Callahan. Kind of the same thing. Yes. Yes. Okay, good deal. Yes, that was exactly the same thing I thought about it. Mm -hmm. Wow, good. Great minds think alike, I'm going to say. But uh, yes, I thought it was so interesting that he chose that route. And then we get the whole story based on those microbots. Yeah, yeah and, that's certainly and, a big plot point to the, the film. Yes. And I think that the way that Disney did it with the Kabuki mask, you really in the beginning didn't know who the villain was you had a, an option there that you mostly thought it was Cree. right right you know so um and i want to ask you did you uh watch it with piper in them or yeah it, it was uh hard to convince piper to start watching it but then once she saw like you know some of the characters like 
Honey Lemon, of course, uh, you know, she was really into it afterwards. And then, you know, <laughs> by the time the movie's over, she's like, can we watch it again? So, you know, it's one of those things. So, Well, good. I mean, let's face it. It, it was uh, a very entertaining movie. It uh, Major emotions go in a lot of different directions. Yeah. You know, so uh, it grabbed you and sucked you in by the end. Uh, how could you not feel a little teary-eyed about what was going on at the very end with Baymax, you know? Sure, absolutely. So uh, uh, they did a quality job in that. And I think they did a quality job in the way they uh, chose the voice actors for the characters. Oh, sure. And how they made them. Mm -hmm. I thought it was uh, interesting that, you know, like Honey Lemon, when she said hero, it was kind of like, Hero, you know, she like said it probably more how it would be in Japan, I would think. Yeah, that is uh, the proper Japanese pronunciation. Right. So she and she was the only one that did it that way. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of I thought it was uh, kind of cool how they mixed that up. And uh, I thought Wasabi's character was uh, really uh who is Damon Wayman's Jr. Wayman's Wayans Jr. Mm -hmm. I can't pronounce his name, but yeah, uh, he did a wonderful job uh, playing that that role the way he was. Everything's got to be in its place, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a departure from the Wasabi No Ginger uh, character in the comics. You know, as he's Japanese, obviously, and he's a chef. So I mean, that that was a little bit of a different uh, take on the on the character. Well, yes, and also, like we already discussed, Baymax being totally different. Gogo mm -hmm. uh, -Go also was a, a little different, but she was closer yeah, to much the comic closer. book. And uh, Honey Lemon, well, she also was a little bit of a departure from it, but not much, they, though. No, no, just a little tiny bit, but yeah. it was good nonetheless. Uh -huh. uh, every uh, part was done real well. I thought it was the uh, car chase after uh, Kabuki and the microbots came across the water mm -hmm. and how Baymax was still in safety mode when uh, Hero started falling out of the seat and he's like um, oh, seatbelt you know, safety, always wear a seatbelt, safety first, yeah. you know. Uh -huh. it was, it, I just really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Also, the, uh, well, most of it was uh, funny. There was, like I said, they stretched the comedy and put it in the right spots, but gave you suspense yeah. and other stuff involved in that. Mm -hmm. uh, I also, the, another good part for me was when he went to the police station to report the theft of his microbots. Yeah. And we got the tape thing. Yeah. And uh, I think there was a scene at the end of the movie where they showed the police officer and then a new tape machine with a little note on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's in the credits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was in the credits, so. Uh, I enjoyed that. And another thing that I want, the part 
with the balloons in the sky. Yeah. That kind of reminded me of Batman, the animated series. Okay. Right? Weren't there uh, balloons in that too? I'm I mean, the opening credits. Had, the opening credits had a blimp, but yeah, with spotlights. So maybe you're thinking of that. Maybe, or I know there was a Batman where that was part of it. Okay. I just can't remember which one it was, but uh, mm-hmm. it'll come to me. Yeah, I, I think they were not necessary balloons. They were more more like wind turbines for like wind energy because they had like engines on them. So I think it was more like that as opposed to balloons themselves. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I would kind of agree with that. Um, so I guess it must be, we'd have to say it was in the near future, far future, where their attempt to make uh, uh, more power. And I guess that would probably go well in San Francisco, I guess. There's a lot of uh, wind out there, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Never been there? No. <sighs> don't know if I want to, but maybe. No. no. Um, what struck you as the uh, part that you liked best about the movie? Well, I mean, you have a, a movie that is clearly, uh, I, I appreciate the fact that it's a family-friendly movie, um, you know, so it, 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 and it doesn't um, play to some of the other uh, cheap things that most family movies would do, um, you know. So, you know, this is definitely more high class than Shrek or something like that. And but it still has a lot of heart. It has you know, the, uh, plays on your emotions like a Pixar movie does. And um, you know, there's a, a brief, brief uh, cameo of a Frozen character in the film. I pro- you probably didn't catch it, but when they were training with their new uh, suits and everything, and Forget who it was. I guess it was Baymax when he was shooting his uh, arm or whatever. Yes, yes, and he went into the statue. Yeah, that statue is actually Prince Hans from Frozen. So, anyway. Oh, that's pretty awesome that you uh, caught that, picked that up. Well, we had to freeze frame it to to, to confirm that. But you know, the movie itself, it, it I think it's it's good. Um, yeah, because you have this. Uh, part of the story obviously like you said it was a revenge story and Baymax as a healthcare companion um, you know has this assumption that uh, if Hero is able to get his revenge uh, it will improve his mental state and make him feel better and uh, very similar to a lot of Batman stories it ends up not being that way right and so you have that that message in there. And then the other thing which I thought was interesting is that, you know, you have two characters who've lost someone very important to them. And uh, the difference between Callahan and Hiro is basically time, right? Because if, if Hiro was going to go down that route, uh, he would have ended up being as bad as Callahan was. He, you know, almost got to that point where, you know, he ended up, you know, wanting to commit murder. Uh, well, based yes. on that. Uh, and and Callahan on the same time is you know stealing and being deceptive and doing all of those terrible things just to get his you know revenge for the daughter he thought he lost which ends up you know not, not being happening. so but uh 
Yes, even to the point that he stole the microbots and he was willing to take out Hero. He already yeah. took out his brother and it was like, you know, he Hero tells him, hey, Tadashi went in there to save you. He goes, well, that was his mistake, you know? Yeah. yeah. Too bad, so sad, kind of, you know? He like really, all he, he's so motivated and engulfed and consumed with this revenge that nothing else matters. Yeah. And we so, had a glimpse of that with Hero. Yeah. So the question is, do you think, so we, we find out later on that, you know, Abigail is not really dead. I guess the question is, is Tadashi really dead? Well, they did have a uh, teaser at the end of this movie. Well, yeah. Which I thought might uh, link to another uh, movie, but we haven't seen it as of yet. If no. that is even in the works, we don't know. No, we don't. Uh, uh, because we did get a uh, Big Hero 6, the series, Right. Uh, that they had on Disney Plus. I think it was three seasons. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. It uh, is. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of DVDs about that. I got one DVD from this series, but it was only like eight or 10 episodes. So, unfortunately, that's all that was available. And I don't know if anything else will be. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the hairy baby? Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, Mochi, I guess we call the cat comic relief. Yeah, I, I guess we could. Um, Aunt Cass is cat. Uh, the voice actor for her was really good. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The different things she really did kind of play that part, you know, of the uh, scatterbrained aunt, or or you know, yeah. Uh, she did a great job of that. Uh, yeah. Right, I'll make some hot wings and it makes your face go all yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was done really good, I thought. Um, also, we had uh, some other interesting characters in there. Uh, real uh, shortly, we had the Yama character that mm -hmm. was supposed to be the big bad, uh, which I thought in the beginning that maybe he might be the villain in the story, but he was just basically, you know, for the beginning, just to show his, I guess, hero's ability to uh, be a con man, a smart con man. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of, um, yeah, that was kind of incidental to the, the rest right. of the battle bot, underground battle bot uh, thing, so. Yes, but uh, it so reminded me of, uh, it almost uh, had the look of, that TV show when they had real battle bots, you know? Yeah, I suppose. It was, yeah, you know, just not as well developed as you can do with animation. Mm -hmm. You know, my, uh, tread flat and the saw blade on the top with an arm. Yeah, yeah. But nothing like a real robot type thing. Uh huh. But it was a nice little call to that. Yeah. Uh, and I also, I think we got the 
Tadashi father type figure when uh, after he made the attempt to kill Callahan and uh, Baymax said that Tadashi was there, you know, and he, you know, took it figuratively and then he showed him and I think it changed his heart uh, at that time. At least that's the way it was in the story. So, and uh, then we get the big uh, confrontation between Callahan and Cree, mm -hmm. you know, yep. and we get that, we get that part of the story and we see still that he's willing to take anybody's life. Uh, as far as he's concerned, the only thing he wants back is his daughter. And he said, I'm going to take away everything from you that you took away from me. Well, and he, he didn't know that his daughter was still alive. So he just wanted no. to destroy everything. So it wasn't even, it wasn't even, a, you know, to get his daughter back. Right. The, the fact of the matter was, is that he, uh, Cree says, I'll give you anything you want. And he says, well, I want my daughter back. Right. And lo and behold, he's going to get his wish, but only after he's probably, I don't know if he'll ever see his daughter. I don't know what his jail sentence is going to be, you know, for all of the destruction that he caused, you know? Right. So, but yeah, I thought that was, and uh, when Baymax and Hero went through the machine, yeah. it almost reminded me of Ant-Man. Oh yeah, it totally was. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was a quantum tunnel. Yeah, no question. So, yeah. and for animation. Now, see, I, I think what needs to happen now is the new movie the quantum media the ant-man the lost one when they go into the quantum realm they have to come across that baymax that was left in there that would be way cool wouldn't it be in there in fact i don't know it i don't know to me it seems like he might already have been in there because i think ant-man the wasp came out after this right because this was 2014 and yes. the Wasp was yeah way later than that so hmm. anyway Yes, but he didn't run across them. Maybe they'll run across them, run across them yeah. well, in oh, Quantumania. Yeah, I, I was just thinking maybe he was like, you know, they put in like a little Easter egg in the background there. But that know. would be way cool. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay, so um, we had a good story, confrontation, revenge. Yeah. Uh, the good guys won, and now they've become a, a superhero team. Uh, unlike, like you said, the was the government in the comic book, the Japanese government, that went and searched everybody out. Right, uh, right. Whereas this just was from the uh, nerd school where they yeah. were all going. So right. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like... Big Hero 6 was the Japanese answer to Canada's alpha flight, in a way, or the U.S.'s X-Factor back in the beginning of it. You know, basically a national organization of, of the superheroes. Yes. And to provide more context to that, or to more, you know, uh, solidity between the two, I mean, you know, two of the members were mutants, in the original Big Hero Six, you had uh, Sunfire and uh, Silver Samurai. So, right. Well, Silver Samurai uh, 
actually in the comics, uh, Hero didn't want to be involved with it. He was unimpressed with Silver Samurai. Right. In the, but he was, still, uh, he was still in the team, though. Yes, yes. But, uh, yes, which in the uh, Wolverine movie, Silver Samurai was a bad guy. Yeah, that's nor that. Yeah, but you know, with Marvel, bad guys, good guys. They, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this Hawkeye, is true. Hawkeye and Black Widow were bad guys originally. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I guess it depends on what comic version. The later comic version uh, with Hawkeye, which uh, came out with with a new origin, which was around the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man time. Yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man, they did a Hawkeye. Well, Ultimates is different. It's a totally different timeline. But I'm talking about the original 60s Avengers comics. Hawkeye oh, was, yes. was a cheap a criminal. A bad guy. And then he got, and he was part of the second lineup of Avengers after that. He, he was became reformed and, you know, reformed criminal. But he originally was a thief. And we know Black Widow's history, so... Which uh, leads me to the end. And yeah. two, we did get a picture that was a cameo early in the film when they go to Fred's house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he has a pretty good size house. Yeah. Well, it's his parents' house. But they're on an island, right? Uh, uh, parents are apparently, yeah. Yeah, okay. So far as we know, but uh, we get through the credits and we get to that teaser part uh -huh. and then we actually get a cameo. Right, right. Yep. And, and what do you think of the way that they uh, drew Stan Lee in that? No, I'd say it's pretty, pretty darn accurate. Yeah. Other than the wings on his hair in the front, you know, but uh, yeah. Then he came up with the line, you know, wearing frontwards, backwards, you know, part of the Fred's thing. Yep. And we saw a lot of costumes in there, which led to me a lot of speculation, you know? Yep. Was uh, mom and dad superheroes, you know, originally, or, you know, yeah. why would they have... Why would they have all those costumes in there? And they had some, I don't know, magnets, I guess. There was some things in there. Yeah. But uh, I was going to look into that further, but I couldn't uh, really find anything. So I just said, oh, you know what? We'll just leave it for speculation. There might be some people out there that know a little more about it. Sure. As far as maybe it was an Easter egg, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but kind of disappointed that uh, they didn't do another movie because they did real well on that movie. Yeah, actually... well, I, I think the fact that you, well, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either because the reality is is that, you know, the one of the things that's marked uh, this era of the Disney studios, the animated studios, is that they've been doing sequels all over the place. I mean, you have Rick Absolutely. Rosen got a sequel. You know, so I don't know. It's weird. Right. And they, yes, they've done quite a few sequels. They did uh, the same thing with, uh, oh gosh, what was the other one? Oh, well, anyways, um, you know, uh, this movie uh, for that year, for 2014, 
It was the highest grossing animated uh, feature film of all yeah. times at that time. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, only had a budget of 165 million and it made o over 658 million, you know? So, I mean, <sighs> almost three times as much, maybe more yeah. than that. You know, almost four, let's see. Yeah, almost four times as much. So come on. Yeah. Really? And like I said, they teased us to believe that that was what it was going to be, but uh, nothing. So I guess we'll see. It you know? still could happen, you know. Right. But I wonder, may, I wonder if Stan Lee's death had anything to do with it not happening. Uh, I don't, I don't foresee that. I mean, well, know. if they had thoughts of using him as a character in that, you know, I don't know. Uh, I doubt that because kind of he was in the teaser at the end, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, I wasn't sure about that. So, anything. Anyway, anything else you want to discuss about the movie itself, or? No, it, it's a great film. It has broad appeal. You know, kids will love it. Parents will like it too. Just it's and, a it's a uh, single adults would like it too. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I find myself wanting to, you know, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've talked about this before, but the kind of the world they build in this, you know, uh, it, it's very. It reminds me very much of like Phase One MCU. It's like this. Um, I don't know, just like this uh, technology has progressed enough to where it looks like it's eliminating some of the more mundane things that we have to deal with uh, in, in everyday life. You know, um, you know the you could just you know, download and fabricate something with a 3D printer and, you know, build, you know, whatever you have as an idea in your brain, you know, stuff like that. Um, right. If you notice that uh, in uh, Hero's Garage, yeah, he has a 3D printer. Right. That's my point. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, that's stuff that's very commonplace. Uh, well, one thing I, that you don't see in this movie uh -huh. and uh, I imagine that it's more thought of in real life is that having things like that in the house would cause more terrorism because you have uh, people that could make plastic guns that they could take on planes and stuff and get past the metal detectors yeah you know which I I don't know that's not a I guess it would be the paranoia uh view of things you know but i mean because there is uh people that would say having those things in the house could help a lot uh being able to fabricate something that you broke yeah in the house you know to right. be able to just not have to go anywhere to have yep. it already you know yep so um it kind of reminds me like i said uh i don't know if you've seen the uh ghost in the shell movie yeah long time ago 
Right. So, I mean, it kind of, the city kind of looks a little like that, too. I suppose. You know? Because, and that uh, also, along with the... Uh, I don't know. To, to, me, don't know. to, to me, it, like, that, that, that city looks a lot more dirtier and, you know, grimier. And the people there are way more nasty in uh, Ghost of the Shell. It's more of like a futuristic hellscape as opposed to, like, this almost utopian vision of what the future looks like. You know, well, you got the bright side, and then you got the dark side. Yeah, but right. even like the dark side of the battle bots, you know that that was like you know very much not scary at all. Well, it was a PG movie. I mean, come on, you know. I'm not complaining. It's not. It's not a value judgment. I'm just saying way different. Right. Right. I agree. Okay. Well, I would agree with that. I'm just saying that the concept of yeah. the city might be similar, or maybe it was more like. Uh, Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. Blade. I, I'd actually say Blade Runner is way more close because, again, it takes place, I think, in L.A. or somewhere on, on in California. Blade Runner does. But what you saw in the opening scene is you had a lot of Japanese influence in the future there, um, very much so. So I, I would agree with that. Okay. Good. Good. Well. So, well, we came up with that. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Good movie. Go, go see it. You know, fire it up on Disney Plus and watch it with the kids. Yes, uh, they will love it. And if you have uh, a daughter, she might want to watch it again. Right. After you're done. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, okay. So then I guess the only thing left would be to give it a rating. Yep. So, how do you feel about uh, uh, this movie? You did say go see it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a recommend. You know, I give it an eight. Uh, it's a fantastic film. It's not going to blow your socks off and be like, oh, this is, you know, the greatest thing ever. But for what it is, it is very good at what it does. Yes, I thought it was kind of interesting about this. I would uh, almost agree with you. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit lower and say seven and a half, yeah. but I thought it was kind of interesting how many different uh, animators that they had that were involved in just the different lighting of this whole uh, animation thing, which uh, first time I saw it, I really wasn't paying attention to it, but uh, the second time around after seeing all of the names that were just involved in the lighting part of it. Then I took a quicker look at it and uh, was a little bit uh, kind of in awe at how they had done it with the shadows and everything. It really mm -hmm. made look real. Yep. Uh, the only thing that uh, makes me give it a little lower is that I think that I would have liked it to be a little more like the comics, but Again, it's not bad. It's very, yeah. very good. Enjoy okay. it. You will yeah. love it. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> okay. All right, good. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pops Collection. If you have any feedback, feel free to send us an email, popscollectionpodcast.gmail.com. And like us on Facebook. Uh, write us a review on uh, iTunes. And, uh, or leave us a nice comment, thumbs up on, on YouTube. But uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye, God bless. Goodbye, God bless, and tell your friends. <laughs>